Regardless of your present circumstance, God wants to bless you. Whether you are overwhelmed with abundance or struggling in scarcity, God wants to bless you. Whether you are vocationally satisfied or still discovering your purpose, God wants to bless you. Whether you are holistic and healthy or spiritually sick, God wants to bless you and bless the world through you. God has called us on an adventure to receive and give his blessing. Will you step out and follow his lead? Will you join this journey to extravagant blessing? Oh yeah, what's going on Heartland? Good to see you guys this morning. Hey, I'm going to look at the camera and say a big hello to all those that are watching online today. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome them to church. Woo! And if this is your first time hanging out with us, I want to welcome you. My name's Dusty. My wife, Kendra, and I serve as the pastors here. And such a thrill uh, to get to welcome you to church. A couple quick things going on around here. This is the third time I've mentioned it now, but this coming Wednesday is what we call uh, the start of our Wisdom Club, which is all of you who have embraced your senior status, and uh, we, we love you. We're going to spend some time with you. I can't wait for this on Wednesday, May 24th at 1230 in the p.m., and there is a QR code on the screen right now if you want to RSVP and come hang out with us. Those of you who are partners here, we uh, should have sent you an email this week. Hope you got it, uh, but would love for you to come hang. I'm really looking forward to it. I know Kendra is uh, as well. It's going to be a good time. And then uh, our summer blast is coming up right around the corner, 12th through the 14th. And uh, there's a few of you, man, we'd love for you to serve, uh, to join us uh, on either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday morning. Take a few hours, take half of a day, and come hang out with some kiddos uh, with us. There's a QR code. Love for you to either register there uh, to sign up to serve or go out to the table today and just mention, like, where do you need some people? You know, how can I help? How can I be a part of loving kids to life? Uh, This is the biggest event we do for children all year long, and uh, I'm so excited for it. Uh, can't wait to see them all running around and taking over the building. And man, they love it. And I love watching their faces uh, as they're a part of it. And then uh, right alongside of that on Sunday, June 4th, is what we call our Promotion Sunday. We do this earlier in the year to give the kids kind of that opportunity to just sort of ease into the next school year. So uh, our teachers, our uh, team uh, from Heartland Kids should already be communicating with you guys right now to let you know all about that promotion, especially that fifth grade to sixth grade transition. Uh, In fact, I have a kid doing that this year. uh, So some of you may have that as well. And so be on the lookout. But that's Sunday, June 4th. And uh, we're really, really excited about it. And then lastly, I just want to say a big thank you uh, to you this this past week and the week before. We've just been uh, appreciating some of the teachers in our community. Uh, and uh, we, we love to do this from time to time. I think they've got some pictures there uh, that they're going to just scroll. And, and just where we show up with snacks and uh, show the love of Christ and uh, we always send Pastor Becky because she is our greatest messenger. And, uh, and we, just, we just love people to life. And we do this on your behalf. Uh, it's just one of the ways uh, that we're constantly making an impact and loving people. And can I just say a special shout out to all the teachers. Uh, can we just say a big thank you to all of you for what you've done and how you've served. And 
I hope some of you are going to get a little break. Uh, I don't know if you will or you won't, uh, but you've got a couple more days. If you're in our school district, some's already ended, and so I'm grateful. By the way, uh, they say that on Memorial Day weekend, over 40 million Americans are planned to travel, uh, and this is really the first kind of like uh, summer really since COVID hit that I think everybody is feeling comfortable uh, in traveling, and, and I hope you just hear your pastor say to you that I hope this summer you get to get out, uh, to go do something. Uh, if you don't have a trip planned, you know, at least go down the street, you know, do, do something to get out, uh, to, you know, breathe in that summer air, uh, spend time with your family. If you miss a Sunday, please know it's okay. When's the last time you thought you'd ever hear your pastor tell you that, uh, it, I just want you to be able to do that. It's so important. Uh, I want you to have rest and recuperation and time to just spend with family and make memories this summer. Whatever it looks like for you, I hope that you're able to do that uh, and, uh, and be safe while you're doing it and wear sunscreen. Amen, everybody. Uh, today, I'm going to close out uh, this series that we've been in called The Lord Bless You. I hope that you've learned something. I hope it's encouraged you uh, on some level. And uh, today, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is my last uh, Sunday for a few Sundays. Uh, I'm going to do this one, and then I'm out of here uh, this week. And, uh, but I'm leaving you in good hands. Pastor Dan is going to be here next Sunday uh, preaching. And Pastor Dan, I just need to publicly remind you that there's a rule that every time you preach, you have to sing. So I uh, just need everybody has heard it. Uh, you just need to know it today, okay? Um, all right, several years ago, there was a man named Daniel Simmons. He was a cognitive psychologist. He conducted a research experiment uh, that served for the inspiration for a video that I'm about to show you. In this video, there are going to be two groups of people mixed together. There are going to be people in black outfits passing a ball to each other, and there are going to be people in white outfits passing a ball to each other. Now, I'm going to tell you, the video, I think, is going to say this too, but I want you to hear it twice the goal is to count the number of times that the people in white pass the ball, okay? Uh, and if you've ever seen this before, don't ruin it for everybody else. Uh, some of you probably have. So uh, go ahead and take a look at the screen and check this out. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? All right, so how many people did not see the moonwalking bear, okay? They say the smartest people don't see it the first time, all right, uh, is how that works. So I, I love that video, uh, Simmons' video, what he sought out to prove is that we have a tendency as humans, and that is to see only what we focus on. His theory was that we actually have to make the decision 
to be deliberate uh, in what we see. And the reason that I tell you this, we've been talking about the blessing of God, is the truth is, is that blessing is actually all around you. The problem a lot of times is that you're just focused on something else and you're not seeing it. And, and so blessing is happening, but you got to focus on it. The truth is, that's hard, isn't it? Because there's a lot of things going on in your life that are distracting you. And, and from time to time, it's hard to focus on what we do have. How many people here uh, have ever camped out for a device, like an iPhone or anything like that? A couple of us. I remember watching this uh, when this was, for, for whatever reason, this craze has stopped uh, over the last uh, couple of years, but you guys remember when the new iPhone would come out every year, and every year people were camping out outside of Best Buy and all these places waiting for the newest iPhone. I, I've thought about that a lot this week as I was preparing for this message, and I think the thing that I thought the most is, what was wrong with us? What are we doing? Uh, that our iPhone doesn't work well enough that we need to go out and camp out for a new phone. But the truth is, is these advertisers are so good at getting us to believe that what we don't have is something we must have. And we can become so focused on what we don't have that we stop focusing on what we do have. I want to go this morning in this message to the book of Philippians. And this is kind of our primary text today. And it's in Philippians 4. It's really one of my favorite passages of scripture from my favorite book of the Bible, uh, Philippians. And Paul writes something really interesting in Philippians 4. He says this, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here Paul describes something amazing to us. It's that if you want to experience peace in your life, you have to learn how to ask God what you need while simultaneously at the same time thanking him for what you already have. Now that's interesting, isn't it? To, to ask God what we need while also thanking him for what we have at the same time. The truth is, is that most of us are good at telling God what we need. Man, God, I need a bigger house. I need a newer car. Oh, I felt that. <laughs> I need a better job. I need kids that obey. All the parents said amen in the house today. But what if we prayed different to God? What if... We started praying prayers like this, God, I'd love a better job, but if you never gave me another job, the job that you've given me right now is already such a blessing. And what's interesting is that Paul even takes it a step further in the next verse. He actually gives you the secret for learning how to pray like this, which is wild to me. He says this, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. If you're going to live like that, then fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul says you might need some more things. You might need some more blessing. 
You might need some more favor, but by focusing on the good things, you actually open yourself up to God's will regarding other things. See, see, what if you ask God for a better job and he told you no? God, I need a new job. Uh-uh. You're going to stay in the job you got. But see, here's the deal. It's that if he tells you no, it's hard to be a complainer when you're thankful for what you already have. It's like Paul is saying this. It's okay to ask for blessing, but it's only okay to ask for blessing when you're focused on the blessing that you already have. Because sometimes God's going to say no to you or he's not going to give you what you asked for because his ways are not your ways. To which Paul says this. He says, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Come on, that sounds good, doesn't it? Paul, tell us what would be the secret to learning how to live no matter what happens in my life. Whether it is with full stomach or empty or with plenty or with little. Paul says, I know the secret to contentment. It's learning how to count your blessings. Because learning how to count my blessings centers me. It stabilizes me. It reminds me. It puts me on a firm foundation for my life. I focus and I live remembering the good. And let's just be honest for just a second. It's not like Paul's life was easy. Right now, he's writing this thought in the middle of a prison. He was put in prison preaching about Jesus instead of Caesar. So he's like, he like in it at this moment in time. It's not like Paul's sitting in his high-rise mansion saying, I've learned how to count my blessings. No, 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 no. This is, things are hard right now. Things are not ideal. Things are not the way I wish that they would be. I could gripe. I could complain. If I wanted to. And then there's this part that hit me this week. I don't think we ever really talk about this. I've never heard a preacher talk about this before in my life. And that is that 10 years earlier, Paul was in the exact same situation and God rescued him. He was in prison with Silas. Remember this story? The Bible says that they started worshiping and there was an earthquake that shakes the prison and all their chains come loose and they walk out. But now it's 10 years later. And Paul is in the exact same situation, but this time there is no earthquake. It's, it's probably, he was probably still singing. How, hey, you guys want to see something amazing? Let me show you what happens. How great is our God. Come on, do your thing, God. Sing with me how. No earthquake. No, no doors flying open. No chains falling off. So is God not God because he didn't do it the same way that he did it last time? We do this, don't we, sometimes? We try to rehearse and redo the things where, oh, God fixed it this time, last time, this way. So let me just wiggle my ear and kind of kick my leg and pray in the same way and open the same verse. Because God will respond exactly how he responded last time. As if God's a, a robot that you input some sort of a formula into. But, but chains aren't flying off this time. 
God, are you not here? And that just shows us a simple truth. It's that sometimes God accomplishes what he wants through jailbreaks, and other times he accomplishes what he wants through jail ends. Sometimes God's going to keep you in jail, which is not what we hear all the time. That God's just a God of setting us free and delivering us from every situation. He's got his best for you in every single moment. Well, this doesn't look like God's best. I'll talk more about this in a second. But when we learn to trust him, whenever we learn how to count our blessings, when we accept God's sovereign hand in our lives, circumstances do not have to affect our joy. And that's why Paul's then able to say, everybody's favorite verse that they put on their coaster and at the end of their graduation, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can't just do everything. I've strained something there. I don't have to stretch before next service. <laughs> I can't just do everything, but I can do it when I learn contentment and when I start counting my blessings. See, we got to always remember text within the context of what we're reading. We can't just take it kicking and screaming out of context. Remember what you just read. Come on, how many of you are thankful that God's given you the ability to have strength in every situation that you face in life? He's given you that ability. But only if you learn the secret of contentment. This is powerful stuff. Because what you find out is your sufficiency isn't in your blessing. Your sufficiency is found in your thanksgiving. And that's why 1 Thessalonians 5 is so powerful. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Come on, everybody, say it out loud with me. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now listen, here's the good thing. You don't have to be thankful for every circumstance, but you just got to learn how to be thankful in every circumstance. Here's the point. You get to choose. You get to choose what you see. You get to choose whether you're going to go through life and just see all the bad or see the moonwalking gorilla or bear or whatever it was. I've just decided I'm going to see blessings in every circumstance of my life. Let me give you for just a moment, this is real practical this morning, but I think this is going to really impact you. Let me give you three scenarios, three different areas of life that you're going to go through where you have to learn how to count your blessings in those kind of moments in your life. Here's the first one. The first is this, when things are going great. <laughs> it might seem obvious, right, to count your blessings when things are going great. I got this blessing, and I got this blessing, and I'm just in a pow, pow, pow. That's an amazing season. But here's the truth. Most people don't. When they're in a good season, most people take that season for granted. The greatest temptation in a season of plenty is not to say thank you, it's to say what's next. What else do I need? What else do I want? In Luke 17, Jesus goes outside uh, the town and in a miraculous kind of series of events, he heals 10 lepers of their disease. And really to truly understand how amazing this is, you really have to understand about leprosy and 
how scared you know, people in that society and culture were of anyone who had it and how they lived so segregated and away from everyone and how there were rules where if a leper came near you, the leper was required to scream at you and to tell you that he was unclean. And in this moment, Jesus heals these, these 10 men, people who have death sentences on their life. And the scripture says this, that one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And Jesus asked, this is pretty important, were not all 10 cleansed? So where are the other nine? To which you and I, when we read that text, we're like, seriously? Who in the world would get healed from such a horrible, disgusting, isolating, contagious, painful disease and say nothing? What kind of awful person does that? Let me tell you who would. You would. And I would. And if we're not careful, in the good seasons, we can become like the nine. I receive something from God, and I just move towards the next thing, and to the next thing, and to the next thing. And that's why it's so important that if you're in a season right now in your life where things are going well, you have to frequently remind yourself of the great things that God has done for you. That you live right now in such great abundance. Aren't you thankful for what God has done? In fact, I want you to just do this if you're in that kind of a season right now. I just want you to take 10 seconds and I just want you to thank God. And I want you to do it. I just want you to like open your mouth and just thank him. Can we just do it together real quick? Father, we thank you right now that in good seasons, you're faithful, that you have given me so much. I don't know this week if we've all just taken time out of our day to just thank you and praise you and and acknowledge the blessing that is already in our life. And so, Father, in these good seasons that we're in right now, we give you praise in the middle of them. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the jobs. Thank you for the opportunity that we get to do the things that we do. Thank you for help. Lord, thank you for what we have. And we love you today for it. In Jesus' name, amen. See, practicing gratitude isn't just the right thing to do. It's the best thing to do. It reminds us that things are going great because of a great God. There there was a University of South uh, California professor that did a study on the science of gratitude. I don't have time to read everything that he said, but it was extremely interesting. One of the things that he said is this, is research reveals that blessings multiply when we count our blessings. By the way, that's the name of this message today, Count Your Blessings. There is scientific proof that when people regularly engage in the systemic cultivation of gratitude, they experience a variety of measurable benefits. And in this study, he goes on to talk about some of these these benefits, positive emotions, such as joy and enthusiasm and love and happiness and, uh, and, and being optimistic. Not only that, but when we count our blessings, we protect ourselves against impulses of envy and resentment and greed and bitterness. The, the discipline of gratitude in the study talks about how it relieves stress, how it aids in healing, how it helps in the recovery of illness, how it supports physical health and enhances relationship. Isn't that amazing? What we see in Scripture at times, is when people aren't thankful, God actually refuses to give more. The children of Israel, if you look back, in the book of Exodus, this was a group of people that 
for the life of them, could not see what God had done for them. Could not see how he was providing. And they just kept complaining, no matter what he did. And, and they let their ingratitude blind them of the provision. Well, guess what? God didn't let them in the promised land. God was like, I am not going to give you new blessing until you learn how to receive and be thankful for the blessing I've already given you and stop complaining about the current things that aren't exactly right in the middle of all of this provision. And so I want to ask you this question today. I didn't put it on the screen, but this is really powerful. What right now is going greater in your life than you're giving it credit for? That is a powerful question. What in your life have you just overlooked, uh, over kind of like just, yeah, flippantly just tossed it to the side? What's going better right now than you're giving it credit for? We must learn how to count our blessings while things are going great. Amen, everybody? All right, here's the next one. This next one is so powerful. It's three areas that you got to learn how to count your blessings. The second is this, when life becomes challenging, you got to learn how to thank God for your blessings there. Live life long enough, and you're going to discover that at some point or another, life's going to get challenging. I'm not saying anything that you don't know, but even people who are blessed even people who are fulfilling their purposes are going to face challenges. In fact, I'll say it this way. Maybe especially people who are living out their purpose are going to experience challenges. I wish that I could say that a life of purpose is easy. But as we talked about last week, if you were here, it's often the opposite of that. That whenever you put on purpose... Life actually gets more challenging. It gets harder. Stuff happens on the way to your destiny. Stuff happens on the way to your destination. And let's be honest. Most of it, if, if we're just honest, most of it is lowercase stuff. You know? It's the annoyances. It's little things that happen in life. <laughs> this past uh, Tuesday, I was on a flight, and uh, I... I had to fly to Idaho, so it was about a, about a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour flight. And so I used miles, and I upgraded the flight. Uh, and I don't usually ever get to fly first class, but I felt so bougie that day uh, <laughs> as I'm doing it. And so I settle into my seat, and I'm, I'm getting ready uh, to watch uh, on my, the, the NBA playoffs. Or, and I'm about ready to watch a playoff game. And uh, somehow, I, oh, I FaceTime my, my wife. And my kids before we take off. And so my daughter says, Dad, are you going to Idaho to preach? Uh, and I said, no, I'm just going for a pastor's event. And she says, okay, well, the guy next to me hears this. Uh, and so I end the FaceTime. He goes, so you're a preacher, huh? All the options roll through my head <laughs> at this time. But I say, yeah, uh, I'm a pastor. And for the next three hours, <laughs> he tells me everything. I can't even get a word in. At one point, I get up to go to the bathroom. And I walk into the bathroom, and I just went, 
God, you knew all I wanted to do. What are you teaching me? Oh, God. So I went back. I'm, I'm telling you, like, and he loved me, you know. Uh, when we're walking through the airport to get our rental car, he's like, you chose thrifty? Come on, man. Like, as he goes, and I'm just thinking, God, did, let me never see this man again, is what I'm thinking in that moment. And I don't know if we got through all the pain uh, of his past, but we dealt with most of it. Uh, It's so silly. And some of you are like, wow, what a complainer in your first class flight having to talk to someone. You're a pastor. Somebody needs to punch you in the face right now. Have you ever lost your uh, luggage on the way to a vacation before? Anybody here ever... Isn't it amazing how mad you get when that happens? And when you think about it, it's really not that big of a deal. But you are incensed. Happened to us a few years ago. I remember we were actually headed on a trip three days without our luggage. Uh, I remember when that luggage came, I was never so happy to see stuff in my life. (laughs) Hugging the suitcase, crying, you know. And you know you're blessed. You're on vacation. But if so, if God doesn't help me if I don't get my stuff. You're just, this is the little things in life. And I don't mean to sound flippant with them, but most of the things we experience are lowercase stuff, you know? Boss doesn't like you. You know, employee leaves your company. Your, your air conditioning goes out in your house. The neighbors won't mow their grass. I mean, some of it, some of it's just not, it's just not that big, but it becomes big whenever we face it. But at, but at the same time, and, and at the same time, there are things that are, it's, it's capital S stuff. Be, be clear what I was saying there. It's not lowercase. It's capital S. Chronic illness. You know, someone is diagnosed with cancer. You lose your job. You know, a child strays from the faith. And it's hard. And I want you to know that in the context of a fallen world, we experience its fallenness. Adam and Eve were blessed in Eden, but we get blessed in a fallen world. And so there are times when the challenges are great, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. We face resistance. And I can't, in fact, I was thinking about this, I can't help but think about the Apostle Paul who was, he was writing to the Corinthians, and he speaks of this tension. And some of you totally recognize this. A great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. Isn't that interesting? It's like two things totally contradictory of each other happening at the exact same time. It's like a dichotomy. I've got a great opportunity, but it's presenting a lot of conflict too. And what I want to remind you today is when you're walking through the valley of pain, even though it's hard, I want to say this to you today, that blessing is still all around you. You have to stay focused on the blessing. Because if it's up to you, you're going to get distracted by all the stuff. And it's going to cause you to lose your gratitude. See, the Apostle Paul was clear. You've got to learn how to give thanks in every situation, in all circumstances. 
Because God really is working everything for the good. I mean, the scripture, you've got to cling to it. What the enemy meant for evil, God is going to use it for your good. And I just want to remind you of this today, somebody in this room. In the end, if you follow Jesus, you win. You win. No matter what. No matter what. You win. How many of you are thankful for that today? All over the room. Come on and clap your hands. Here's the last one. The last one is this. It's when darkness appears to be winning. This is a real tension. I want to speak to this for just a moment because the truth is, is dark out there right now. It's easy to look at the landscape and think, God, are we losing ground right now? I don't feel like we're taking ground. I feel like we're losing ground in our world. And I just think that that attitude is so easy to have in this culture. And I need to remind you that God is blessing even in the darkness. John 11, the Bible tells us that Jesus has these friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And it tells us about how sick Lazarus is. And Mary and Martha are the ones that break the news to Jesus. Jesus, your friend. And it's very interesting when we get to heaven. I'm, I'm actually very intrigued by this relationship that Lazarus and Jesus have. Because by all accounts, they were like brothers. They were very close. And Lazarus, they break the news like he's getting ready to, to die. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And the Bible says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So he loved them so much that when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting to me. Because Jesus gets the news from Mary and Martha, and here's the deal. He knows, because he knows the beginning from the end, he knows that the story has a happy ending. He could right now just tell him, hey, let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to die. He's going to be raised from the dead. We're all going to be like freaking out, and on cloud nine, it's going to be amazing. He knows that the story has a happy ending, but he doesn't tell them. He waits. And it illustrates a truth. Because sometimes, because God loves us, he waits. And that doesn't seem to make sense to us, does it? But sometimes, he has better stuff for us that is only found in one place, in the waiting. And so there are times that we're sad, or times that we're angry, or times that we're desperate. And Jesus is at perfect peace because he sees your future. And we're praying, Lord, I've lost my job. God, I need a job. And I don't need one in two weeks, and I don't need one in two months. I need a job right now. God, my kids are struggling. My kids are far from you. And God, I need you to come through, and I need you to hear me. God, there's a baby in our future, and I, we're sick of this. Lord, I need to get married right now. But so many times he loves us. And because he loves us and because he has something better for us, even at the moments 
that feel too late. But what's he doing? He's teaching us. He's teaching you. Learn how to trust me. He wants you to learn how to trust him. He wants you to learn how to thank him even when your dreams feel dead. Because it's one thing to say, God, I'd love you if you gave me new shoes. But it's another thing to say, Lord, I'd love you if I didn't have any shoes. Lord, I'd love you if you gave me a great job. It's different to say, Lord, I'd love you if I didn't have a job. And many times the test is can you love me and trust me when your dreams appear dead? Can you love me and trust me when it feels like the enemy has won and you have lost? When your prayers don't seem like they're getting answered. Because what our worship does and what our worship illustrates in those moments is that we know that even when we don't see him working, he is working for your good. He's working, everybody. He's working. He always wins. He always shows up. He always has the last word. And I just want to promise you today that regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what, the, what it looks like right now, when it seems like the enemy is winning, God is working and he is up to something and he's going to work in ways that you couldn't imagine because sometimes there are times when temporary darkness can make the light so much brighter. And because of the cross... And because of the resurrection of Jesus, he shows us that ultimately in the win, in the end, he wins. There's this, there's this line from the movie Lord of the Rings where Sam thinks that Gandalf is dead and realizes that Gandalf is alive. And when he learns that Gandalf is alive, he says this, is everything sad going to come untrue? I love that. Is everything sad going to come untrue? Can I just tell you today, for those of us who are believers in Jesus, the answer is yes, everybody. Everything that's sad will come untrue. And in the meantime, what do we do? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. And so, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and what's honorable and what's right and what's pure and what's lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Be thankful in every circumstance. Don't let the challenges you see cause you to get distracted from the blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And I assure you that when you're done, you'll actually have more than them than you could really count. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment all over this room. I just, there's a group of people that I feel so led to pray for today. And that's those of you who when you're in your circumstances right now, it does not appear for whatever reason that life is going the way that you had planned. You feel like darkness is winning right now. You feel discouraged. You feel frustrated. Like I'm telling you this week, you, you were so on my mind, whoever you are. I'm, I, it's like I saw you and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me today, man, I just wanna encourage you and pray for you.
in this moment. If that's you, would you just be so bold right now to like let me know who I'm talking to? Would you just lift your hand? Like, man, I, I'm just in it. I'm in a season right now where it's hard to count. There's so many people today in this kind of a place. Hands going up all over the room today. Man, I'm praying for you. You can put your hands down. Now, if that's you, I just want to take just a moment here and just minister to you because I saw you in my own mind today. I feel like the Holy Spirit just revealed you to me. I want you just to take your hands like this for just a moment. Just put them in a motion just to receive. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room right now who feel like they're in the valley. I speak strength to them right now. God, I ask that the echo chamber of negative, negative thoughts and negativity would be broken right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would remind them right now in this moment. I want you to remember, listen to me, God has the final word in your life. He's got the final word in your life. He has the final word in your life. Your bad decisions don't have to have the final word in your life. Your shame does not have to have the final word in your life. What's happened to you does not have to have the final word in your life. If you'll let him right now, the God of the universe wants to have the final word in your life. And I want you just in your own way right now, whoever you are that you're in that kind of a season of your life, remind yourself, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you encourage me today? The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I believe this because there's going to be seasons of your life where you're going to have to go through things. You're going to have to learn how to let God encourage you in these moments. So Holy Spirit, encourage them. Come close to them. I feel like people that are facing diagnoses right now, people that are facing illness, people that are facing cancer, people that are facing uh, eviction right now, people that are facing a divorce square in the face. I want you to know God has the final word in your life. I just feel so led to just say that, just to push just a minute longer, like God's gonna turn it around for his good. Everything that you feel like you've lost, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you remind them of your faithfulness and remind them of your goodness and remind them, Lord God, of how you've brought them out of situations in the past and how you've protected them and watched over them. And I believe right now, God, you want to restore somebody. You want to, you want to cause them to believe again, to dream again, to hope again. Some of you are like, I don't feel like I could have any hope. I'm scared because if I have hope, maybe my hope will get dashed. It's always a good thing to hope in the Lord. Father, right now, restore everything that's been lost. Oh God, do a work even this week or next week, Lord, where they, they are able to proclaim like one of those lepers that came back to Jesus. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. I'll speak that over your life right now. In Jesus' name. There's another group of people, one last group of people. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And for whatever reason, like you've just been trying to drive your life instead of letting Jesus dry your life. I want you to know that Jesus wants to walk with you through every circumstance that you face. And here in this moment, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I, this is a, I think it's an incredibly private moment between you and God right now. But if you'd say, I, gotta, I need relationship with Jesus today. I've not had that. 
Like I felt like there's been a divide between me and God. And I just, I want that divide restored. I want to confess sin and, and give my life to Jesus right now. I, I think you got to put a physical expression on what's going on in your heart right now. And if that's you and you'd say, I need Jesus right now to be the Lord of my life, then do not hesitate. On the count of three, lift your hand high to him as a sign of surrender and let him know. One, two, three. Come on, lift it high. I need, I need to break the divide. Hands going up, saying yes to Jesus right now. I need to make him Lord of my life. I need to put him first. I need to have a relationship with him. Man, I'm telling you, he's speaking to people right now. I see tears coming down people's eyes making this decision right now. All right, lower your hands. Now, listen to me. God doesn't care that your prayer sounds fancy or proper. He cares that it comes from your heart. So make it personal today and just pray it. I'll lead you if you want me to, but just say something like this. Say, God, today, I give you my life. I'm sorry. I've, I've, my sin has separated me from you, but God, I want to be restored back to you today. I want relationship with you. I want you to come into my life and make me new. Lord, would you do a work in them today? Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you for what you did at Calvary. Thank you that right now that that divide is broken and that there's a bridge of restoration between you and them and that you're coming close to them and you've restored everything that's lost. Come close and be their Lord today. Say it to him, be my God today. I give you the keys of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I rejoice with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen all over the room. Come on. People who just made that decision, can we celebrate like crazy for them? I'm so proud of you. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So if that was you that raised your hand, eight or ten of you there, out at the tables today, uh, Next Steps, Guest Central, uh, what you're going to notice out there is a table, and we have some books out there that we'd love to give you just to say thanks, just a book to help you on your journey, like what's next for me? I want to help you with the resource, uh, and that'll be kind of the next step for you uh, in your life. By the way, I want to do a big shout out to our Freedom Ministry, all of those who went through Freedom yesterday. I'm so proud of you. I want you to know... It's a big deal. You've done some hard work over these last several weeks. And so it's one of the groups that we do here. I'm just so proud of you. And our team told me so, such good reports. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Why don't you stand on your feet with me today? Man, I, I feel like God's good. Amen, everybody? He's good. Today is Baptism Sunday. If you did just make that decision to make Jesus Lord, then the Bible actually tells us the very next thing you do actually is is get baptized, get water baptized. It's like the wedding ring of your faith. And every time in the Bible that we see this happening, people believed and then they were baptized. Believed and then they were baptized. It's spontaneous, uh, right there in that moment. And so today we've got all the clothes. Our baptism team's right here in the hallway. Wave everybody. They're gonna be out at the table in the lobby here in just a moment. And maybe you've never been water baptized. I know we've got at least one or two that are already gonna be baptized this morning. Go talk to them. Go say, hey, how do I do this? What do I do? We've got literally everything you need to be water baptized this morning. Don't wait, okay? Do not wait. Church, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for the bottom of my heart for being the most generous church in the world, for blessing teachers like you did this week. Uh, I just appreciate you so much. If you want to give, there are boxes in the hallways there. And uh, I actually want to do this. I want our prayer team just to come this morning and be down here. I feel like maybe some of you might need some additional prayer after this message today. Maybe you prayed alone, but you really are walking through the valley right now, and you just need a couple of people to agree with you. I want you to know that our prayer team 
is going to be down here today just to stand and just to pray with you. I don't want this moment to pass. Like, man, I'm glad we prayed, but can I just hear somebody else just speak that prayer over me? Whatever it is in your life, they're going to be here for just a couple of minutes. Would love to pray with you about whatever it is that you're going through. All right? I love you, Kendra, and I'll be out in the lobby today. We'd love to meet you if we don't know you. Father, I pray blessing on every person here this morning. Be with them. Be their God as they walk through whatever situation of life they're going through. Let us be safe uh, this week. And thank you for your blessings, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. I love you, church. Have a great week. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come pray with somebody if you need them. Come on, team. Let's sing them today. All you